It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is New York Game Day, presented by Sansone Auto. Discover for yourself the S in Sansone Savings. Sansone Dodge Jeep Ram Route 1 in Woodbridge or SansoneJeep.net. Play Mohegan. Your favorite casino games are now in the palm of your hand. Visit MoheganSunCasino.com. Must be 21 or older to play. And by Corona, an official cerveza of the New York Jets. Welcome in. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by Bud Light. Sunday's chore, loading Bud Light in the fridge. It's football time. Bud Light, easy to enjoy. Uh, and it is the official beer of the NFL. So make sure you enjoy responsibly. Again, Anita Marks, Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum joining us from the stadium. Mike, you got in early, man. Awesome. We have the world's greatest engineer. If the New York Giants and Jets would play as good as our engineer here, they'd be undefeated. I love it. I love it. I was like, I was going to say, who do you have to pay off to get into uh, the stadium early? Yeah, yeah, they, they really took great care of me. So it should be a great game here, by the way. The Detroit Lions, Baltimore Ravens should be a great football game here. Um, I'm excited for it. I, I think there's two really great games on the slate this week. One is the one that you are going to be at, of course, Detroit going up against the Ravens, uh, and then, of course, uh, later on tonight, and that's Philadelphia going up against the Miami Dolphins. And, and we'll do a deeper dive throughout the show in both those matchups. Uh, but let's turn our attention to the Giants going up against the Commanders today. Uh, Amani, how, how you know you spend time at the facility? You're part of the Giants broadcast team. Very disappointing loss. First and foremost, the Giants, as we know, getting 15 points on the road. So odds makers, everyone, no one gave them a chance, especially with Tyrod Taylor as a starting quarterback. For it to come down to the wire in that last play with Darren Waller at the back of the end zone, unfortunately, the penalty was not called. The guy, the opponent, uh, his DB was draped all over him, but the call wasn't made. What was the mindset this week at the facility after that loss? Well, I think you got to take the positives out of every situation and I mean, you look at that at the way that they played that game and the the expectations and how they exceeded the expectations. But as we all know, you know, expectations aren't really what this league is built off. They're built off results. Um, I mean, I, I understand they're disappointed, but you got to understand, you know, when you're trying, when you're in a hole and you try to f- find your way out, you got to get your footing on one little, you know, a rock by rock to get yourself out of the hole. And I think there's a little rock for them to get some type of momentum, get some type of uh, positive feeling. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are a great offense for them to hold them to the amount of points that they did. And then for it to come down to a last-minute play, I mean, you give the Giants that opportunity, you know, before the game started, say, hey, look, you're going to have the ball in these, you're going to have the ball with no time left on the clock on the one-yard line, and if you score, you win the game. I think the Giants would have took that every, you know, every day and twice on Sunday. But I, but so they need to really – build on the momentum that they can uh, to try and get themselves out of this hole. And, and that's one success at a time. You got to build on the success successes. Mike, you know, a lot of talk this week with the reporters over there at the facility in regard to trade, like we're getting closer to the trade deadline, right? 
it's it, and and so the, the questions aren't necessarily about this week's opponent for these Giants players. It's about the future of this organization. How, how you know as a general manager, as a head coach, right? Like, how do you change that narrative so that the players are thinking about the next opponent and they're not giving up on the season, even though the media might be? Yeah, you really have to um, just try to be as honest and candid with them as possible to say, hey, look, you know. Our job is to do what's best for the organization, and we can't, you know, hand. We can't control what's being written or said. And I could look you in the eye and say, "There is a chance you're going to be traded." You know, that's not our goal necessarily. But um, if we get, you know, an opportunity to dramatically improve our team, that's something we're going to have to strongly consider. And I'll tell you what, Saquon Barkley was raised right. I'll tell you what, he always says the right thing, and uh, I give him a ton of credit, guys, because. You know, the New York media can be tough and, you know, trade deadlines coming up. It's obviously been a, a very disappointing season. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense for them to trade him. You know, he's probably going to graduate next year anyway. And there's probably a number of teams, including the Buffalo Bills, who they just played, that would be greatly improved by having Saquon Barkley. And I thought, guys, he really handled it well this week. Um, Amani, you know, your thoughts on, again, you're there, you're at the facility, you know, your, your thoughts on, you know, the line of questioning and, and the fact that more attention is being paid to, to the trade deadline uh, than, than the commanders this week. Uh, yeah, because I think it's the future of the team. I don't think, um, I mean, the commanders, as, as surprising of a season that they have at 3-3, three and three, I don't think, you know, either team is really going to be competitive coming down the stretch for one of these playoff spots so there's not really much to talk about with the commanders they don't have a quarterback that's uh that people want to talk about um so exactly what else is there to talk about in this game it's a, one of these games that's kind of insignificant you know, see who's the worst place team in the N- nfc east but um you know i think that when you look at this entire situation this is the most newsworthy thing that there possibly could be out of it Guys, let's talk about Daniel Jones, right? Like, and, and uh, you know, I would imagine I hosted yesterday and, and received a few calls. You know, is Tyrod Taylor a better quarterback for the Giants uh, than Daniel Jones? You know, look, look, look at what he was able to do and, um, and, and keep the Giants relevant in the game against the, uh, the Buffalo Bills. I would say that the defense had a lot to do with that as well. But nonetheless, um, you know, Mike, let's, let's go back to you. And, and Amani would, would love to hear your follow-up. But your thoughts on the difference of seeing what Tyrod Taylor was able to do. Granted, he had Saquon Barkley in the backfield for him uh, compared to what we've seen from Daniel Jones. Mike? That's leading the witness, Anita. That's um, <laughs> that, that is you know we would kick you out of a courtroom for that. That that's uh, absolutely witness tampering there. Like Amai, did you notice how she like dangled a little bit of the answer in the question? By the way, remember that Saquon Barkley played yeah. in the game. I mean, because silly. Like if we would like look at the facts that you know one guy has you know thrown two touchdowns and six interceptions, like. You know, we, we don't want to make that part of the analysis. Look, you know, we talked about last week. I thought it was a great time for the Giants to play the Bills. They were really hurt on defense. You know, Daquan Jones is very good. Matt Milano out for the year. Tredavious White out for the year. So I thought it was a great time for the Giant offense to play uh, that Bill defense. And you're right, Anita. Saquon Barkley obviously is going to make a huge difference. He, look, I mean, any way you slice it, he Tyrod Taylor made that offense look way better than at any point in the season. And... It's one game, so you don't want to overreact. But to me, you know, 
this becomes a much more interesting decision because, as we discussed last week, not only can you make an argument that Tyrod Taylor outplayed him, but then again, when you factor in, you know, Daniel Jones at $36 million, you know, uh, like to me, that's a pretty easy decision moving forward. But right now, um, you know, the more fundamental question to me is like this neck that Daniel Jones had. Like any time a player has a repeat injury, that's a concern. Yeah, no, I'd agree there's a concern about Daniel's neck, but I don't think there's anything that Daniel has to worry about in terms of losing his job. All I'd say is if I'm Daniel Jones and I'm completely honest with myself, I'm first of all, I'm trying to get my neck back and I'm trying to look and find ways to improve. And now all of a sudden you have Tyrod Taylor, who's way more familiar with this offense than Daniel Jones is in terms of it's not like both of them know the offense, but you have to know it at a professional level to play quarterback in the NFL. You have to know it as like a reflex. And I think Daniel Jones is still thinking it. That's no slight on Daniel Jones. It's natural. It takes a long time for these offense, for these quarterbacks to know offenses like the back of their hands. So I, I think that if you're Daniel Jones, you look at the, what Tyrod Taylor did and you try to try to cherry pick off of some of the things, how fast he was getting the ball out of his hand, how he didn't make mistakes, how I, I always talk about it. When you hit your fifth step in the drop, if you're not – you pat the ball maybe once – if you don't pat, if you pat it once and you don't know where you're going with the ball, I'm concerned as a wide receiver. I'm concerned as an offensive coordinator because that means the rhythm of the entire offense, how long the line is supposed to block, how deep the routes are supposed to be. You know, when are the receivers looking, expecting the ball? Once that timing's thrown off because you're sitting there in uh, not being able to pull the trigger, not get your mind work quick enough. Uh, that that's a problem. But I, I think that he needs to look at what Tyrod did and learn from it. Obviously, we know that he's a long-term absent because they gave him a lot, of, a lot of money. But if there's any way for somebody to get a little cliff notes on how to run an offense, I'm t- if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm taking advantage of every opportunity to learn. And uh, Tyrod showed him how to not make mistakes. You don't make any big plays. Don't make mistakes. You let the offense and all the offensive weapons that the Giants have accumulated over the last couple of years show what they can do. Uh, today, not sure what's going to happen with Daniel Jones. Uh, my gut's telling me that he is not going to play. Again, no reports as of yet. Don't, re- don't forget, at 11.30, the active-inactive list does come out. But considering that he was uh, limited at practice this week, and as well as we saw Tyrod Taylor play last week, my gut's telling me Tyrod Taylor. Um, Amani, what's your gut telling you? Who do you think starts at quarterback today for the Giants? Well, I think that neck injury is a little bit of a bugaboo. Um, I don't bugaboo. know much about it. No, it is. It's something you don't know. You don't really necks and uh, hamstrings and low backs. Like you just, you just, uh, you just hope they feel better because you can't really quads the same way. There's no real way to know how bad somebody's hurt. The hamstring, their quad, or their or their necks hurt. So I would, if I'm the Giants, I put all this money. And I invested in on our franchise in the franchise quarterback, and Daniel Jones. I'm not rushing him out there to further, you know, have further injury on him because we've committed to him. Avita, you, yes. you know what's great about Amani is how much of a homer he is. A neck injury is a bugaboo. Does that mean like an amputation is like a, a minor like you know flesh wound here? Like it's no, no, neck. no, no, no. It, I'm it's saying. not a bugaboo. It's a, it's a, no, I'm saying bugaboo. bugaboo meaning I don't use that word in my vocabulary. Bugaboo. You don't use the bugaboo. I had to Google it. I had to it's Google like, it. It's like uh, you know, it, it, you can't put your finger on it. It's kind of a mystery. That's what I meant to say. 
Bugaboo. Yeah, it's huge. It's hugely consequential. Um, you know, that would really keep me up at night. Look, you know, like turnovers are going to come and go. Um, you know, Daniel Jones is a high character guy that's going to work hard. I'm not worried about that. But when you have that much invested in a quarterback, you expect him to elevate the play, everyone around him, and to be durable. And those are things he just hasn't done. And Tyrod Taylor played great. Again, it was only one game. And to Anita's point, you know, Saquon was back, and that's going to make a difference. But um, the neck, if, if we were running the Giants, if the three of us were running the Giants and saying what's best for us for the next five years, I think every week, be it injury, dependability, turnovers, you know, those things are going to factor in our decision making. I'm harder to think that if I'm the New York Giants next year that I'm not looking for my next quarterback. The definition of bugaboo, an imaginary object of fear, uh, bugbear sense, something that causes fear or distress out of proportion to its importance. That's a bugaboo, something we learned today, at least me. Uh, he's a money tumor, Mike Tannenbaum, <laughs> here on New York Game Day. I think it was that hard of a word. Um, Probably my favorite part of uh, last week's game was Justin Pugh off the couch. When we get back, let's (laughs) let's talk about this offensive line. Andrew Thomas out today. John Michael Schmidt out today. So left tackle, center out, and Evan Neal has just been a complete disaster. What does that mean for this offensive line against the Washington Commanders front seven? Could mean trouble. Also, as we stated, a lot of talk about Saquon Barkley getting traded. We've got a former general manager on our program. Let's dive into it. We'll also open up the phone lines. 800-919-3776, Giants fans. Um, at this point in the season, would you like to see the Giants trade Saquon Barkley, get some draft capital heading into this year's NFL draft? Also, if the season was to end today, the Giants would draft fifth overall Get this, the Bears would have the number one and number two pick, the number one coming their way of the Carolina Panthers, and of course the number two because they're one in five. So we'll dive into all of this and take your calls. We also have Amani's keys to the game this hour. Uh, so stay tuned. Anita Marks with you, along with Amani Toomer and Mike Tannenbaum. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. No, I mean, I never crossed my mind. Obviously, I've been public and vocal about how I feel about this organization and uh, where I want to be. But like I said, um, knowing the business and seeing that side of it, there's a lot of things that I can't control. So, um, 
sitting here everyone knows how I feel no one everyone knows I don't want to get traded or I mean I don't think anybody in their right mind would want to get traded anywhere it's not an easy thing to do you got to move I have a family uh, I would love to be here but like I said it's not in my control my focus is to be the leader I can be for the team and try to get this thing on the right track Saquon Barkley uh, speaking to the media about potentially getting traded. Uh, by the way, want to remind you, celebrate the return of Knicks basketball with Barton Hahn live from the uh, T-Squared Social on East 42nd Street this Wednesday, October 25th, before the Knicks tip off their season against Boston. Uh, the guys will be broadcasting live from noon to three with uh, Knicks theme merch and giveaways brought to you by T-Squared Social at 7 East 42nd Street and Manhattan. Again, uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer of the NFL. Make sure you enjoy responsibly. Um, so, so listening to that, uh, Mike, let, let's go to you. I mean, listen, you know, he's absolutely right. It's, it's not easy. You're told you're traded a moment's notice. You've got to get somebody to take care of the dog. God knows what you do with the wife and the kids. And, um, and it's just, it's, 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 it's difficult. And then you've got to make your move out there to whatever team you're playing with, get ready, learn their playbook and be able, able to execute. It's a lot. It's a lot for one, one guy to deal with. Um, knowing how the contract situation panned out and, and Saquon was, was a holdout at camp, but of course then he agreed and came in and expecting much of the same this coming season. If you're the general manager, if you're Joe Shane, are, are you shopping Saquon around right now, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. And Anita, you, you really painted a very accurate and detailed picture. You know, I think people sometimes forget like these are human beings and they have lives and goals and dreams and insecurities like everybody else. And, you know, moving is tough on anybody. And a new beginning is, you know, it's just not plug and play. With that said, if I'm the Giants, Brian Dayball, the rest of the front office, absolutely. You know, this season's been a, a disappointment by any metric. And look, here's the bottom line. Like, it didn't work out this year. You know, they paid the wrong guy. And, you know, not having Saquon plugged in from the get-go has certainly hurt them. Obviously, he got hurt again. Uh, but he is clearly their best football player. And they don't want to pay him long-term. We could have a long discussion about, you know, running backs and who you pay and how much and all that. But clearly, that's not something they want to do. So, you know, people say, well, let's get the compensatory pick. Well, the compensatory pick it would be probably a third-round pick in 2025, depending on who else they sign or lost. And that's a long ways away. So if I could get a third-round pick now, I, I would consider that if I'm the Giants. Now, there's a big difference between Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey that bears educating for our, our, our audience, which is because we're past July 15th and he is a franchise player, the receiving club guys cannot extend his contract. So when McCaffrey was traded from Carolina to San Francisco, he had multiple years left, and therefore, you know, the 49ers could give up more value. And that's why, to me, um, the require the acquiring team wouldn't give up more than a third round pick. Wow, that really that really frames it really well, Mike. Because if you can't really get anything for him, then why would you trade him? Because you're going to get a third-round pick compensatory next year anyway if he leaves because he's a franchise player tagged, if I understand it correctly, right? Yeah, he would get a third-round pick. But, again, that would be 2025, Imani. So yeah, if I could get a third-round pick yeah, this year for yeah. 2024, I would consider it. Mm. Again, assuming that you know, if we were running the Giants, I think the three of us would be saying, hey, you know, it's going to be a heavy lift for us to get to where we want to go this year. Yeah, but would you- I'm, I look at it, I guess, through the locker room. So this is good to have us both, both of us on, right? So 
if I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, he's the best player on our team. And like one thing that I felt galvanized us as a team when I was there was that you kind of controlled your own destiny. You come in, you get drafted by the Giants. If you play well and things go well for you, you become a pro bowler, you do all this stuff, you're going to be around because we, we put you in, we had, there's a plan and we got you because we want you. And if you're a, play, a player that kind of, that's playing well and you get traded, it kind of makes you as a, as a player in that locker room a little bit uneasy because you're like, wow, I thought if I played well, everything would be all right. No, I, I, the business is the business. And maybe it's the, a different approach because of the, the era I was in where the trading deadline was somewhat of a, more of a formality than anything than a reality. And now it's kind of not the same. But I always thought that it was a galvanizing thing that if you play well on this Giants team, if they draft you and you play well, you're going to be here for a long time. And um, that's, I don't know, I, I, that's the way I look at it. I think it would be a very odd situation for one of our best players to be, kicked, be um, traded out, away uh, just because of the business aspect of it. Yeah, I, my response to that is like, look, we got to do what's best you know, for the franchise. And right now we're not winning with Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So if we can get value, you know, let's consider it. So, um, you know, I, I think how he impacts the locker room, to me, candidly, that, that should have been dealt with by July 15th. I, I think you, you pay him, you pay him because he's a great He's gotten yeah. better as a pass blocker. He's yeah. a great receiver. He's way more than just quote unquote a running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the other storyline, obviously, uh, like I said, um, probably one of my favorite moments from last week's game was Justin Pugh on national television, uh, straight off the couch, and he comes in and performs quite well. Uh, again, heading into this game, no Andrew Thomas, no Schmidt. Uh, so now your left tackle, your uh, your center, they're out. Uh, Evan Neal, I think he should be playing guard. I don't think he should be playing tackle. Uh, Amani, what do you expect from this offensive line today, regardless of who's back there at quarterback? Well, I mean, I expect that well, last season the Giants' offensive line wasn't as um, wasn't very highly regarded, and they found ways to, you know, get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quicker, have a lot of misdirection plays out of the backfield using that fly motion. It, there's a lot of ways that you can um, counteract a defensive line if you, you know, game plan it in. Because I remember when I was playing with the Giants, we had one of the best def- defensive lines in the league. And some games it would matter, and some games it just wouldn't, because of the way that team schemed us. So it's 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 going to be a very, you know, daunting task to try and out scheme uh, their defensive line since they're so since they have one of the better defensive lines in the league. But it's possible because I've seen it happen. Uh, it just takes a lot of big brain people uh, with the, at the Giants to come up with some game plans, much like they did last year for the entire season. 800-919-3776. Gentlemen, we've got Eddie calling in from Rockland. Eddie, welcome into New York Game Day. Hey, how you guys doing? You know, I heard you talking about the Bears maybe having the top two picks. What would you percentage on they move Justin Fields before the trade deadline? And what do you think his value is? Yeah, it's it's a great question. And so folks, and thanks for the phone call, Eddie. Appreciate it. So uh, folks that are just just tuning in, um, it's pretty unbelievable what the scenario is right now. And and again, if the season was to end today, and and of course, as we know, there's a lot more football to be played. There's no denying that. But right now, if the season was to end today, the Chicago Bears would have the number one and number two pick, the number one pick via the Panthers because they're 0-6. 
and the Chicago Bears one in five, followed by Denver, Arizona, and the Giants are right there in the top five. Mike, obviously, this is the hat that you have worn and you wear it well. So uh, my, my thoughts to you, if you're sitting there and you're the Chicago Bears, uh, knowing how the season and, and previous seasons have panned out with Justin Fields, what do you do if, if you're the Bears? There's some really phenomenal quarterbacks coming out of this year's draft. Uh, it's just it blows my mind in regard to the draft capital if the Bears do trade both those picks and maybe stay with Justin Fields. Not that I expect them to do that, but man, um, I would imagine that there are a number of teams willing to give up the world to move up to get Caleb Williams and Drake May. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, by the way, Caleb Williams did not play well again last night, and you know there's going to be this narrative that's going to quickly emerge about how poorly he's played against ranked teams. That's obviously a story for another day. But anyway, um, look, if I'm the Bears, you know the offense coordinator we're going to see here today in in Baltimore, Ben Johnson of the Lions. If you had him and either you know Drake May or Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison, you know you could really be changing your trajectory of your franchise literally overnight. So. I think Justin Fields is a talented player. He hasn't been productive, you know, much the way we could evaluate Daniel Jones, be it injury or otherwise. And uh, if I'm if I'm the Bears, I'm going to be looking, you know, to draft a quarterback with the first pick overall. And look, it's very, very, very rare for an organization to have the first overall pick in back-to-back years. Um, so it kind of gets late in a hurry from a standpoint of like. Typically, you know, a regime doesn't survive that because, you know, that now you're saying for, for two consecutive years, you were the worst team in the league. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. You know, it's a point of emphasis for us. We need to work to improve that. I think, you know, it's, it's really everything. You look at our fundamentals, our techniques, look at some of the drives that we went in there, whether it's, you know, what's, what's stopping us from getting points? Is it, is it penalties? Is it execution? Is it play calling? So you evaluate that. I'm, I'm really critical of myself and all those things, too. So we, we practice it. We talk about it. And so, you know, we had some opportunities. We had five opportunities down there. You know, we weren't able to get into the end zone. But I think it's a step in the right direction. We got some opportunities. Now we got to capitalize on, capitalize on them. And that's what we're doing today in practice. Offensive coordinator uh, Kafka talking about, what did you say, Tom? Tom's producing the show, Tom and, and, and Harvey, 205 minutes without scoring a touchdown. Harvey, is that? Yeah, 205 minutes. It's not good. <laughs> 
No, no bueno, for sure. Again, it is New York game day here at 98.7 ESPN. Want to remind you, uh, ESPN New York celebrating the return of the Knicks and their basketball season. Michael Kay, live from uh, Taylor Public House, just steps away from Madison Square Garden at 505 Fifth Avenue. I'm sorry, 505 8th Avenue. 8th Avenue. Join the guys for uh, hourly Knicks opening night ticket giveaways and special guest appearances by John Starks and Mike Greenberg. Greeny's going to be out there. Start your game night early uh, with a K-Show at the Taylor Public House this Wednesday starting at 3 o'clock. Brought to you by John Starks Kia and Loyal 9 Cocktails. So make sure you do that. 800-919-3776. We're going to get your calls in just a second. Anita. Uh, yeah, Mike? Yeah, it sounds like the Giants offense is a real bugaboo. <laughs> you think trying to figure um, things out mysterious uh, uh some some other chatter this week uh and mike i'd like to come to you on this and and amani curious to get your thoughts as well of course uh is um you know is brian dable on the hot seat and you know is bill belichick on the hot seat we all know the history bill belichick has with this organization and, and how much uh, the mara family has immense respect for bill belichick uh, if if Bill Belichick was to leave New England, could New York and the Giants be a landing place for him, whether as a head coach or a general manager or some somewhat some way in the front office? What say you, Mike Tannenbaum? Yeah, I've said this before. Um, I always felt like Bill Belichick would retire in the NFC East, but not with the Giants, but with Washington. And here's why. You know, he grew up there in in that part of the country. Uh, his dad worked for the Navy football for literally like 46 years. And if you just follow like the patterns of NFL owners when they have to build stadiums in particular, like when Bill Parcells was hired by Jerry Jones and they built a stadium in Dallas, like if I'm Josh Harris and I'm trying to play, you know, franchise free agency between the municipalities of, you know, the state of Maryland or, you know, what the dmv you know like that that whole area and have like even like northern virginia as part of that discussion and i say yeah well you know the president of football operations bill belichick that's going to move the needle and you know that's what joe gibbs did for them you know 10 15 years ago so knowing that's where he grew up knowing that they're going to need a stadium knowing that um he could go hire one of his sons to be the coach of the team. I just think it makes a ton of sense at some point for him to, you know, go back to his roots and and retire, you know, with the Washington football team, with Commanders. And uh, I always felt like that would be the way his career would end. Interesting, Amani. Any 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 feel within the organization that Brian Dable is on the hot seat? I I I, I can't imagine it. But you know, again, this has been chatter this week. Yeah, no, I can't imagine it. I think coming off of uh, the season that they had last year, you know, breaking the playoff streak, uh, uh, drought, and winning a playoff game, uh, that's got to hold you some kind of curry with the the ownership and the fans and stuff like that. But we all know that being in New York, things change. And what they say, a New York minute, things change. So you never know. But I, I, I would think that that's more of a frustration talking than reality some that somebody's really their job is really in, de- in jeopardy yeah i've used the phrase new york minute more so than i've ever used bugaboo 800-919-3776 you <laughs> expand wow let's go. Gotta expand. wow she went there she went wow. there Monty. you wow. gotta let's expand go, let's your go to joe. let's go to joe in oceanside oh, joe welcome into new york game day oh thank you uh i'd like to propose a trade I think this would be a great trade. Justin Field, be either a third-round pick or 
Leonard Williams or whatever, because I think Justin Field mm-hmm. with Barkley would be it, and and Wandell Robinson and Waller. I think then you'd see everybody hit their potential, and you let Jones and uh, Fields battle it out. And if we made a mistake with, with with Jones, so what? You know, people make mistakes. Yeah, Joe. Thanks for the phone call. I, you, Justin Fields is just not for me. I, I just I, that that's not a trade that I would want. I'm high on Justin Fields. I, I like I like Justin Fields. I think. You talk about somebody making chicken soup out of chicken parts. I mean, this is a guy who just finally got a, a, a receiver, and now he's spraying. The, he's, I mean, he's overusing him, I think, because he, the guy is, the guy has gotten way too many targets. But I, I, I like Justin Fields. I think he, he can be. I think he could do well. I think there's a reason why Chicago isn't known for having quarterbacks, and they haven't had a decent quarterback in a very, very long time. Yeah, you know, there's some organizations where it's just hard to be the quarterback there because they don't know what it looks like to have a great quarterback. So they keep looking at um, all these other, you know, cherry pick these other quarterbacks and are comparing them up against comparing their current guys up against the all time legendary greats like a like a Tom Brady. And they're saying, well, why can't you be Tom Brady? <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Um, I think Justin Fields has talent. I think he has. If you get him in a right situation, he works hard. He's a strong, tough kid. I, I like him. I like him on my fantasy team. I don't necessarily want him on on my on my pro team. Mike, your thoughts on Justin Fields? Yeah, look, the talent is undeniable, but the production just hasn't been there. You know, he started 31 games in his career. He's won six. I mean, that that is not going to get it done when you're six and 25 as a starter. You know, he has 35 touchdowns, 27 interceptions. Can make transcendent plays with his you know legs. Obviously, 11 rushing touchdowns. Um, but if we were running a team, you know, just given the way the contracts are as well, I, I would look to start fresh with somebody else. 800-919-3776 if you want to chime in. When we get back, we'll have Amani's Keys to Victory brought to you by Infinity. What do the Giants have to do today in order to try to beat the Washington Commanders uh, who are here visiting, obviously, the Giants at home. They are a home dog. They're getting three, by the way. Uh, what's the over-under? I should know that. Hold on. Uh, so Giants getting three. The over-under is 37 and a half. So not a lot of points expected in this matchup. So we'll have Amani's keys to the game and also uh, do a dive into what's going on with the Jets. As again, they're sitting at three and three, uh, have a bye week and come back with a much easier schedule remaining than their first six games. And we'll hear from Bob Wershusen at the top of our second hour. New York game day here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Welcome back. New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESP. It is time for Amani's Keys to Victory, brought to you by Infinity.com. Get ready for Amani's Keys to Victory. All right, Monty, only one game, not two, this week that you have to down. Uh, what do the Giants need to do in order to try to beat the Washington Commanders today? I think it all starts on defense, and it all starts on that defensive line. It all starts up front. Sam Howell is a guy who's been hit a lot, um, and you know he can you can force him into turnovers. I think uh, the defensive line has to... He's going to hold on to the ball. He, they have to get him, keep him in the pocket, and get him on the ground uh, to, and have him throw, force up some, uh, enforce the ball uh, and, and try to get rid of the ball off time, disrupt the offense of the, the timing between the quarterback and the wide receivers. Getting after Sam Howe is an important game uh, that for our def- for important to the Giants' victory is how well. Do the defensive good linemen up front get after Sam Howell? And that's that's your your that's, number one. That's my number, number one, one key to victory. Yeah, my num- um, my number two. Oh, my number two is Ty- my number two is Tyrod Taylor has to be mistake free. Last week they got Desmond Ritter into three ter- interceptions, and that's one of the main reasons why they came out of that game victorious. Tyrod Taylor's going to take care of the ball and really distribute and run the offense like he did last week. I like the way he got rid of the ball on time. I like the way, uh, you know, the offense just looked different. There, there seemed to be a glimmer of hope when, when you look at this offense with Tyrod back there. I'm not saying he's going to be the starter. I'm just saying it just looked better. It looked, like, it looked different. It was a better brand of football. And number three? Uh, number three is this is a team that's only lost to Philadelphia and Buffalo, like, and, and they lost to Chicago, which is the anomaly. But these guys, this, this team is, they're a team that it could be relevant. The fact that they haven't really lost to any teams that they should have lost to uh, in terms of, um, you know, in, in terms of how well they compete overall. Uh, you can't take this team lightly. I know the Giants have like a somewhat of a mental edge over the Commanders because of the fact that they've had so they've, their only success in the NFC East in the last couple of years has been against the Washington Commanders. Um, what, what that means, I don't know, but I think that uh, this team is a lot different with with Eric Bieniemy calling the plays, uh, and I feel like this team has a lot of juice. We have a lot of very good players in term. You know, they got um, you know. Um, with, with all with the receiving core with Terry McClellan, Terry McClellan and uh, Jihad Dotson, Curtis Samuel, they got they got a lot of offensive weapons, and um, I think that their their weakness could possibly be Sam Howell forcing him into mistakes. These are Amani's keys to victory. Brought to you by Infinity.com. Discover more about the luxury and performance of an Infinity. QX60 crossover at infinityusa.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. Again, just a reminder, New York Game Day on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Bud Light. Sunday's chore, loading Bud Light in the fridge. It's football time. Bud Light, easy to enjoy. Bud Light is the official beer of the NFL, so make sure you enjoy responsibly. Uh, guys, we've got Bob Wachusen, who's going to be joining us at the top of the hour. Uh, this is a Jets team right now sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Their wins 
against the Bills, the Denver Broncos, and the Eagles. Very impressive against the Bills and the Eagles, obviously. Um, The Cowboys, Patriots, and Kansas City Chiefs all with losses. The Chiefs, you could argue, potentially could have been a win. This is a team that very well could be sitting at 4-2 and with Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback. By week, they come back... And looking at the strength of schedule for the remainder of the season, the Jets rank 14th, so middle, somewhat middle of the pack in regard to their strength of schedule for the remainder of the season. Uh, Detroit, Atlanta, Houston, Green Bay, and New Orleans have the easiest schedule remaining. Cincinnati, Baltimore, Arizona, Dallas, Miami uh, have the most difficult. So the Jets sitting right in the middle. Mike, let's start with you. Uh, your thoughts for the Jets in the second half of, of the season. How optimistic are you based on on what you've seen so far at 3-3? Three and three? Look, you know, the defense has played really good football. Um, Zach Wilson continues to be, you know, inconsistent. If you look at him through the lens of the second overall pick, you'd be, you know, just disappointed if you look at him as somebody like, hey, please don't screw up the game, um, you know, then he's probably a guy that, you know, they're going to be best with. And um, look, their defense played well. I thought what they did really well last week in particular, guys, I thought they sped up Jalen Hurts' clock, and I thought it just impacted the way, like, the Eagles' offense, sort of like their whole rhythm. Um, And I think the way they play games now, they should be in a lot of them, and, you know, they look like when it's all said and done, like, a team that's going to be in the middle of the road. And, you know, when we're talking about that seven seed, they should hopefully be in that conversation. Amani, your, your thoughts on the Jets and what you've seen so far the first six weeks of the season? Well, I mean, I think both teams are, are doing well right now. And they're coming off a big win. Uh, the Jets coming off a big win uh, versus the Eagles. I, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, I like the I like what um, Zach Wilson has been, been able to do. Of course, the defense has been all uh, as advertised. But for them to beat the Jets without, you know, without Sauce Gardner uh, in the backfield, I think they're, it shows you that this team is um, they're deep. And they're playing very hard. And when you have that, when you have guys playing hard like the way they are, you, you got a chance. And when you beat one of the best teams in the, in the NFC, uh, it definitely gives you a little bit of credit. It gives you a little credibility. Um, you realize that every opportunity that you had, all the Super Bowl talk that you were that you had before the season started, uh, you had a little bump in the road. But now, I mean, you beat the you you know you beating the Eagles. Your team that can why can't you beat anybody else in the league? So I feel like they're on the upward tra- trajectory, and uh, I'm really I'm really excited about what the Jets have to offer. Yeah, beating this Eagles team uh, again uh, without uh, three of their four of their five starting corners, no Sauce Gardner was really really uh, impressive. Uh, you make a great point, Mike. Right, like Zach Wilson, where he's drafted, you want him to be more than a game manager. But at the end of the day, I, I think the formula for for success right now for him is not turning the ball over and putting the ball in the hands of Brees Hall, who's been otherworldly. We'll see if Dalvin did before the trade deadline and of course this defense that is uh, top notch in the NFL which has them again sitting at three and three the remainder of the schedule somewhere around the middle of the pack out of all 32 teams they have the 14th most difficult schedule remaining we'll see can they make some noise and potentially get into the postseason obviously as a wild card I don't believe they win the division that's uh, I-, I think what Jets fans could hope for Bob was choosing for Jets uh, is going to join us next. Um, even though it's a bye week, ESPN sent him out to Oregon to call the Oregon game, but nonetheless was uh, is, is kind enough to join us on New York game day. So we'll hear from Bob. 
We'll hear from Jordan Renan as well, getting us ready for the Giants-Commanders matchup. Some big storylines heading to Week 7. We'll touch on all of that coming your way. Hour 2, New York Game Day, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is New York Game Day, presented by Sansone Auto. Discover for yourself the S in Sansone Savings. Sansone Dodge Jeep Ram Route 1 in Woodbridge or SansoneJeep.net. Play Mohegan. Your favorite casino games are now in the palm of your hand. Visit MoheganSunCasino.com. Must be 21 or older to play. And by Corona, an official cerveza of the New York Jets.